welcome to Desolation Radio. It's our, was it our third show of 2017? Yeah, third, number three. How are you, Nathan? Right? Yeah, good, you're good. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Right, continuing our theme of getting uh, professionals on. People actually know what they're talking about on. Today we're going to talk about the Wales Bill, and we're delighted to be joined by Professor Rich Wynne Jones of the Wales Governance Centre. Well, that was very formal. Thank you. Nice <laughs> to be here. How's it going, Richard? You right? I'm really well. How are you, boys? Yeah, not bad. Good, bad. Really excited to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> talk yeah. about the Wales Bill. You've got a bright career. So basically, we want well, we want you today, Richard, to talk about the Wales Bill because it's obviously something that's very important yeah. that you know affects our lives. You know, we talk about devolution and the sort of theory behind it, the the power politics behind it, and why things happen, but. You know, ultimately what we end up with in Wales, you know, the settlement of powers which govern our daily lives are, are ultimately determined by pieces of legislation like this Wales Bill. And I think it's a bit like you know, your tax returns, they make it so complicated that no you know, they make it complicated that so no one does it. Um, mm. and no one really not you know, I was gonna say, um, <laughs> no. normal 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 people don't read through the small print no, no offence like, no 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 no, no. I'm, 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 um, yeah. so we want this episode to be like a handy guide you know okay uh, to, to you know we need things to be explained basically put it in like a pamphlet form okay. I need visual I don't need well it's not visual it's, it's radio um, I'm going to do it by mind yeah. just just <laughs> to make this easy for the listeners some, yeah. unless someone's yeah. got synesthesia then it can be visual um, as well so the Wales Bill has already proven to be very controversial we know you've written and You've been on TV a lot, um, seasoned media performer. Do you have an agent? Uh, no, no, oh, right. but you know, you're so good at this, I'm going to sign you up after, the, after t- this. Mr. 10%. Um, so the Wales Bill was passed in the Assembly the other day. Uh, Plaid voted against it as they claim it rolled back powers for Wales. Um, sort of, I guess, they claim it gave, gave powers with one hand while taking it back with the other. Yeah. Labour accepted it and voted through, but, accept, you know, but also said that it was bad. The new settlement gives Wales powers over varying income tax, fracking, you know, some energy, you know, some water, you know, the ability to change the voting system. We'll go into this in more yeah. detail later. So, w- what's interesting is already that some people have said it's bad, some people have said it's good. Obviously, it can't be both. So, as simply as you can, okay, please explain the latest Wales bill. Okay, I think the latest Wales bill is a good way of of, of starting, and I also want to start by saying that we're going to ban the word settlements. Right from this conversation okay. because one of the things that is very uh, noteworthy about Welsh devolution is that people claim that we're going to have a settlement they always claim it's going to last a generation mm. and in Wales that means about four years right. and I will start by saying that this la- latest dispensation the latest settlement the latest thing which will last a generation will not last more than about three or four years because it's got fundamental flaws in it, which we'll come back to in a moment, and also uh, Brexit is going to overtake it very quickly as well. So, start with that, Yeah, banning the word settlement, it's I another temporary dispensation, okay? Dispensation. <laughs> I've heard thing, because thing, thing. is thing. Okay, thing. <laughs> thing is on my level. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, what, so, what does it do? So, basically, the, the story of, of the constitutional development of Wales since the passage of the Government of Wales Act 98. Actually, if we go back, we can go back a year before that, we can go back to the referendum in 97. Right. What we've seen is nothing lasts, uh, and what you see is this kind of gradual, crab-like movement towards something that might be one day uh, sustainable and stable and 
you know, could be called the settlements. So we started in the referendum in 97 with basically the same proposal that Labour had put to a referendum in Wales in 1979 and got absolutely murdered on it. Yeah. So it was basically a, a, a glorified county council structure for Wales. They didn't even have a government. There wasn't even a clear distinction between an executive and a yeah. legislature, so between a government and you know the parliament. You know, a really strange beast. That then, well, obviously that passed in the referendum by 6,721 votes. Nice. Uh, uh, you know, 0.3% of the Welsh electorate. And then that got changed during the parliamentary passage and they added in, oh, we should have a government. Yeah. But they kept the basic local government structure, something called a body corporate, and then they grafted on the government on top of that. So it was a mess from the get-go. It made no sense at all. That lasted about a year. Uh, Alan Michael got kicked out. You'll yeah. remember the, the coup, or, you know, well, he claims he resigned. He resigned. Yeah. He had to resign, you know, in the way that sometimes football managers have to resign before they're booted out. They then had this kind of weird internal process whereby everybody involved in the assembly, whether they'd been pro or anti-devolution, said we've got to behave more like a conventional parliament mm. with a, a proper distinction between the government on the one hand and the National Assembly, the legislature on the other. Yeah. That kind of rolled on for a while. We got then uh, a coalition deal between the Lib Dems and Labour. And as part of that, they said, we're going to have a review of the whole thing. Typical Welsh, let's have a, a, a review, let's have a review. Committee. Yeah, that was the Ivor Richard-led, uh, the Richard Commission. That was the Richard okay. Commission. So that then reported in 2004 and said, and I you know, remember being in, in the room and Ivor Richard said, this is grotesque, he said. When he was describing Wales' constitution, he said, this is grotesque, it's such a mess. <laughs> and he was right. And um, we then got, and that was a kind of an interesting all-party thing, and then, you know, that was out there, and then the Labour Party grabbed back control, and we got the Government of Wales Act 2006. And we see that was a kind of a fundamental shift, because until then, what we'd had is something called executive devolution. So basically, the idea of devolution was we had the Wales office, yeah, okay, and the Secretary of State for Wales had all of these powers, yeah, and whether he it was always a he, whether he used them or not is another issue. And what they did was gave those powers to the Assembly in two thousand six. That no, that was not. That's that what happened. Exactly. That was the that was the basic fundamental yeah. model. Okay, take the powers of the Secretary of State. Mm give them to the Assembly. But the Assembly wasn't allowed to pass laws in terms of primary legislation, you know, the, the hard yeah. stuff. They could only pass secondary legislation. So let me give you an example. Primary legislation would be all schools have to teach a national curriculum, okay? And then you'd have ministerial order, secondary legislation telling you what goes in to the curriculum, right. okay? Yeah. And the power the Assembly had before 2006 was basically it could decide what went into the curriculum or what would go into the curriculum it couldn't decide if there should be a curriculum right. or not okay okay maybe not a brilliant example but you can see the difference between deciding the framework and what goes in okay. once you've got the framework they could decide what goes in okay what then happens in 2006 is they say okay you can start making legislation but and there's always a but there were two different schemes of making legislation 
so it was part three and part yeah, this is mad I mean, this is all mad okay so you know this is not me making this up right I, I, I. so there was part three and part three was one of the most restrictive systems of making legislation I think ever uh, enacted anywhere and then there was part four which was a conferred powers model of devolution now uh, we'll come back to that in a yeah. moment okay so what we then had was a kind of a four-year hiatus between four five-year hiatus well four years uh, 2007 to 2011 where part three was in operation and this was the age of elcos now i don't know if you know people listening to this are old enough to remember no, elcos you're you're all hip and cool and you know waxing beards and all that kind of stuff but anyway back in the day there was a system called the Elko system. And essentially, the Assembly had was meant to have legislative powers according... I'm getting really nerdy here. According to what no, was in... No. Yeah, no. Uh, according to... Um, uh, according to... What was it? Appendix 5. I haven't. I should have brought the legislation with me. Uh, <laughs> You've uh, got it with you. Have you got it? No, yeah. <laughs> Tattooed on your back. carries it around. <laughs> but basically, the point is, it, to, to show where it could pass uh, legislation, you had to go and look in this section, and there was nothing there. It was basically empty, more, <laughs> no, more or less empty, okay? So it listed kind Supplies. of general areas, but there's, yeah, so, ha ha, there's nothing here. <laughs> we fooled you. And in order to get anything into, into that, you had to go and uh, the Assembly would make requests to Whitehall and Westminster yeah. to, you know, give them the powers to do what they wanted. And then you had this incredibly convoluted process which eventually just broke down and lost all kind of credibility, where you had this incredibly long, drawn-out process where they'd ask for powers, yeah. and Whitehall would go, mm, we're not sure about that. And then the Welsh MPs got involved, because they allowed the Select Committee on Welsh Affairs to get involved, and you had people like David Jones and Alan Michael and these yeah. people sitting there saying, mm, we're not sure, we want you to do this National Assembly for Wales. And so that, that was this bizarre process, which... Um, so essentially every time the, the government, Welsh government wanted to pass a law, yeah. they would just have to essentially beg, ask, ask permission. Where, ask permission yeah. yeah, yeah. And, 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 and um, you know, the, the, I mean, it's a whole, you know, we could, we, could, we could fill the whole hour just talking about this because it was so bizarre. You'd have things where, you know, at one stage, something got lost in Whitehall for a while. You know, they couldn't work out where in Whitehall. I think it was an environmental thing, and it just kind of got so bogged down. I think it took a couple of years to emerge out of Whitehall. So, I mean, it was, it was absolutely yeah, nuts. like an office tent bit or something, just yeah. really incompetent. And you've got this Whitehall problem with Wales, you know, and it's, it's, it's been a recurring problem where... More, I think the average length of, of time that people spend in a particular job in Whitehall is around nine months. Right. So they train people up to know something about Wales, which is incredibly complicated anyway. Absolutely. And then they move on. Yeah. So there was no, you know, it was just, yeah. it was mad. No, no, not burnout, just you know, <laughs> move, yeah, moving up the tree, because this wasn't, you know, yeah, like, I've got Wales. So this they, is jump, not, they jump out the window, don't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but what that, then, so the, you had this, El, uh, the, this uh, Elko uh, system and, and what happened, of course, is we had uh, a coalition government uh, between the One Wales government, yeah. between Labour and Plaid. And as part of the deal, you know, Plaid could have chosen a deal with the Conservatives and the Lib Dems, yeah. or they could 
um, which they would have led, or they could be playing second fiddle to Labour. And the, the, the deal maker for Plaid Cymru was that Labour committed to supporting a referendum and they would they were committing to campaign for a yes vote. 2011. Yeah, in 2011. So what happens in 2011 is we get the referendum, and again, we can talk about that for an hour, but we get the referendum and we move to part four. Okay, so we move to this all-shining new system of making legislation. And the thing, the, the thing which I love about this is this is the system which was in the Scotland Act 1978. So this oh, was the yeah. system of devolution so we got yeah. So what we got in in uh, in, 19, in the ninety eight Act, Government Wales Act, was what was offered to Wales effectively in in nineteen seventy nine and rejected. There was a bit of a change in the voting system, but essentially that was the only difference. What we then got in two thousand eleven is what had been offered to Scotland in nineteen seventy nine. So generous. Yeah, but, it's the same thing. Just cross that <laughs> Scotland and Wales. But um, but this is the this is the beautiful thing about this is you know it, it hadn't been given to Scotland oh. in ninety eight and why? Well, the UK government and various people in Scotland thought that this system isn't going to work. What they said is this is very very complicated. It's unclear. It's going to lead to legal challenges. And you know it's not an appropriate way of, of doing devolution. So we're not going to have the conferred powers model in Scotland. We're going to have a reserve powers model, which we'll come back to in a moment. Okay? But lo and behold, in 2011, <laughs> this is what we've got in Wales. So the thing the UK government had rejected as not being fit for purpose Scotland. for Scotland at the end of the 90s. We'll have a go in Wales oh, with this. It's like hand-me-down clothes. Well, yeah, yeah. But, yeah but, but, but you know they're rubbish. This yeah. is the thing, you've decided they're not fitting, you know, the elastic's gone, yeah. but Got your cappers, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, so this was the part four of the act. This was enacted after the um, uh, 2011 referendum. And lo and behold, what do we get? We get Supreme Court challenges, we get what, two Supreme Court challenges. So the UK government challenges Welsh legislation twice. The Welsh government isn't quite sure that the Assembly's got the powers to pass a piece of legislation. And so they, they actually put themselves in front of the Supreme Court and say, what do you reckon? So all the things which the Scottish debate had pointing at, pointed out were the flaws of the conferred powers model. Uh, you know, uh, we, we we got to prove that they yeah, were right yeah, in Wales. Right, yeah. Selfless, selfless. So that was the the Supreme Court challenge was about you know, hang on a sec, you can't actually pass that law, you can't legislate on this area. Yeah, um, and and um, you know, and the first one was which you know, in a sense, underlines how marginal the powers of the National Assembly and Welsh government were and arguably are in some ways. It was it was on local council bylaws, so, you know, it was um, tattoo parlours and public, you know, all that kind of really stuff that local councils do. And what, yeah, and so it was basically the first piece of legislation passed under part four of the Act, and it was referred to the Supreme Court by the UK government. And it was so trivial, it was like ridiculous. And then we got the interesting one, and this is actually important. You say interesting. Well, well, it's interesting because it then has an impact later on. It's and it's partly why people are saying that the Wales Bill rolls back the power. So then there was the agricultural wages court case, and basically what happened is the UK government decided to abolish 
the agricultural wages board because obviously that's you know that's interfering with the market and so, yeah. so it was a, you know, an ideological move. The Welsh government says, well, okay, we, we think that we should have one in Wales, mm. and then that got in, that went into the in front of the Supreme Court, and there was a big dispute because basically the Welsh government was saying, well. We've got agriculture, and this is related to agriculture. And the UK government will say, "Yeah, but we've got employment, and this is related to employment." Of course, so there's overlap. Of course, this yeah. is the whole point, isn't there? Uh, especially with the kind of convoluted system that we have in Wales. And so the Supreme Court found in favour of Wales. So suddenly, so basically, they said, "Well, obviously, agricultural wages." relate to the matter of agriculture. Agriculture is more than just about cows and sheep yeah. and, you know, barley and oats. It's about, you know, employing people yeah, and all these. So, so they say, actually, this is part of the package. And, you know, Whitehall is horrified, saying, well, hang on, there are all these things which are which the legislation is silent about, but we've just assumed they're ours yeah. because they're not specifically conferred. Mm. Suddenly, we've lost control of this. So Whitehall absolutely hated that judgment so the Supreme Court suddenly opened the doors and the Assembly can suddenly start thinking, the Welsh Government can start thinking well if it relates in some way to the powers that we have and if it's not specifically debarred to us, we can we can make a claim for this now. Right. So suddenly through the Supreme Court you know, and the, the, the kind of progressive role of the judiciary is a kind of weird one, but anyway, they, they extend people's understanding of the devolution uh, dispensation as well as part four. So, you know, we've got this sense where Whitehall thinks we can't have this, mm. we don't want to maintain this. And we've got, we've also got lots of frustrations with the conferred powers model yeah. because it is unclear. And so you start getting a real dynamic for change, a kind of an internal dynamic. And then you've also got, importantly, two other kind of factors. One, another one is internal to Wales which is the Silk Commission. Yeah. So the Silk Commission is a really interesting example of how uh, half-assed Welsh politics often is right. uh, and how things happen in the most bizarre ways. So the Silk Commission was in the unintended consequence of the coalition deal between the Tories and the Lib Dems yeah. in 2011. And basically what happens is the Lib Dems are a federal party and so... In terms of those negotiations, the Scottish and Welsh bits of the Lib Dems are meant to have a voice. And the Welsh party says, what we want is a reform of the Barnett formula. The Scots, who are actually in charge of the negotiations for the whole party, so it's, I think it's Danny, uh, what's the name? Danny Alexander. Yeah. So he's basically in charge of the negotiations. He says, the last thing that we want is a reform of the Barnett formula, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, there's a, so they end up with a form of words, which is we'll, we'll establish a commission to look at the arrangements yeah, okay. and, and blah, blah. And that becomes the Silk Commission. And that then looks at the dispensation and says, well, actually a conferred powers model doesn't make much sense. Let's move to a reserve powers model. The reserve powers model, which is the one which existed in Scotland after yeah. 98, and which pro, which has proven to be really stable, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, Scottish politics has changed a lot, but it's not because the constitution is rubbish. That's not the thing which is driving it, really. Not in the same way it's happened in Wales. And it was the model that the Stormont Parliament operated in Northern Ireland in yeah. that 50-year period after Irish 
uh, independence yeah. and before you know before the, the troops went in basically yeah. and the direct rule uh, was imposed. So the, the the idea with reserve powers is basically the legislation sets out what is reserved to Westminster, and the assumption is that everything else is devolved. Do okay? everything else apart yeah. from these specific yeah. things. And you've got a general legislative competence. You can legislate as your devolved parliament in anything mm. which isn't specifically reserved to Westminster or, you know, open brackets, or is somehow impinging on the UK's international treaty obligations, yeah. close brackets. Okay, so that's basically the model. And the conferred model was you can only do things within this schedule these things yeah so in terms of the 2006 act it's schedule 7 so schedule 5 was the empty schedule which I mentioned around the Elko system yeah the phantom schedule yeah 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 phantom schedule yeah Jar Jar Binks somewhere involved and so and then you've got schedule 7 which sets out yeah you can do these things you know we've actually areas before the podcast started, I tried to print. I found the areas of the reserved areas that Wales. Ah no, but you see, this is different. So what I'm, I'm talking now about section. Uh, I'm talking about part four. Section. I'm not. I'm talking about part four of the two thousand. Ah. So that's the conferred powers model. Okay? Right. Okay. Um, and allegedly, and of course we'll come to the Wales Bill in a moment to see that Wales can manage to bugger this one up as well, okay? Yeah. But, you know, the idea about the reserve powers model, m- most lawyers believe that in theory it's much simpler um, and clearer about who's in charge of what. Because the assumption is the devolved lo- level does everything mm. unless it's specifically reserved. And in Scotland, and indeed in Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland is slightly different, but in Scotland, uh, you know, it, uh, Scottish Parliament has got extensive legislative uh, yeah. competence. So the Silk Commission said, we'll have some of this. Yeah. This looks like a better system. And they said that, that over time, uh, we will then move to uh, devolve justice functions. Yeah. Um, so you and that was an all-party report, and there was a consensus behind that. So that was one, and then the external factor was the Scottish referendum. So after after that, what you you recall that David Cameron walks out of Downing Street on the nineteenth of September two thousand fourteen and says, "We've settled Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> that's going well. So Scotland is sorted." And and he mentioned English sports of English laws. I want I want you know England to have its own kind of yeah. form of devolution. Sounds like UKIP rhetoric there, doesn't it? English. The oppressed, yeah. the oppressed English. Well, I'm, I'm actually writing a book about Englishness at the moment, so we can uh, come yeah. back and uh, we can come back and talk. We can play that, yeah. 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 So the, um, and the um, but he also said that Wales should be part of this, okay? And so what happens is that... He's like, oh yeah, I'm Wales. Well, yeah, it does always feel like the, like the child that, you know, Britain forgot, isn't it? Well, but Wales uh, what in the cupboard. It's certainly, it's certainly what happens at any rate is that Stephen Crabb, who was then Secretary of State, says, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the silk recommendations and we're also going to look at what they're offering Scotland and and then they, they, they established this bizarre process and I think a lot of the problems with the Wales Bill stem from this process. They basically said, we'll have representatives from all the parties. Yeah. We'll sit them down in a room and we'll go through a list of the recommendations and if anybody says no, we'll check it out. 
Great. So there was, uh, and of course, what happened uh, on the Labour side in particular is you had Karen Jones and Owen Smith. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's interesting about the process is nobody had to say why. So you didn't have to offer any justifications for your behaviour. You didn't have to say, well, actually, I'm presenting, you know, you didn't have to explain how your preferences gave you a, a, a coherent outcome. It was basically, no, no, no. <laughs> Sounds no. like a children's party. Oh, it was, it, you know, as a way of designing a constitution. It is <laughs> mad. You know, it's like the family fathers in America. Who wants jelly? No, right, no jelly. Yeah, yeah, you know, and there was no justification, no, no, and obviously what you've got is an utterly and incoherent really? thing because what happened is. The Labour, well, Westminster Labour, Owen Smith and the Conservatives between them vetoed anything in the field of justice, anything relating to a, any idea of a Welsh legal jurisdiction. All that stuff was said, no, 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 no. Just like Ian Paisley. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and so what you then got was the Wales Bill was trying to what the bill has tried to do and, and then the conservatives then gave this kind of weird they they they, they kind of dressed this up in very kind of high fluting language this yeah. was the st david's day process oh, yeah. which led to the st david's day agreement so grandiose yeah. and then actually appended uh, an appendix to it which the parties didn't actually see which made some assumptions about how you could turn this Lord's Common Denominator agreement into a piece of legislation, which was which was then saying, oh, and we're going to reserve all of private law, and pub-, you know, there's all kinds of say PS, yeah, yeah. And, and a massive, you know, PS, you're dumped basically. So, um, so that was that was the that was the basis then of the legislation, and and essentially, I think what you know you could interpret what's happened since then as an attempt to try and make that basis, which was hopeless, mm. l- less of a mess. You know, so people talk in kind of highfalutin language, but actually it was taking this basket case of a, of a starting point and trying to make it not absolutely horrible. And of course they had to stop, you know, they had to admit defeat halfway through, so Stephen Crabb fair play to him, put his hands up and said, oh! It's not going well, it's and they had to start, you know, and they had to have this pause in the process, and they've come back. Yeah. But it's still, in my view at least, it's still a really poor piece of legislation, which will lead to more Supreme Court challenges, which is bafflingly complicated in, in parts. And you know, you, you you started by saying, you know, nobody in their right minds goes goes to read this kind of stuff. Um, Wales Online linked to it, didn't they, in your recent article? So I was reading through it, I was like, oh, a little hyperlink, it is like 385 pages, like, yeah. No, it's it's, not happening. You know, it is a convoluted uh, and clearly unstable um, piece of legislation. No, no, I mean, uh, to be, I mean, I'm slightly, you know, I maybe, you know, I I have more sympathy for the people who've been trying to um, make... Some kind of sense out of this. They're not, you know, they're upstanding people. And after the initial period where the Welsh office, the Wales office, was saying, you know, we're right, you're wrong, mm. and saying, you're all, everybody who deigns to criticise this is clearly, you know, a druid with a beard, yeah. uh, with Wynn as a middle name and speaks Welsh. Um, we all know what that means. They, they kind of, they kind of calmed down. Yeah. And they were willing to engage, but the problem was that they weren't willing to move beyond 
the basis of the St David's Day Agreement where Welsh Labour MPs, or Owen Smith and the Conservatives, had joined forces mm. in order to come up with this weird, weird system. And, you mean, you mentioned you know how long this legislation is. One of the things which makes it very long is that the list of reservations is enormous I and mean, they've repackaged it a little bit, but it's incredibly long. And the, one of the reasons it's so long is that all the justice functions are being reserved and that is a lot of what government does so yeah. all of that's been reserved they've refused even the most minimal attempt to establish a welsh legal jurisdiction so basically they're saying this is england's jurisdiction and you can use a bit of it but we're going to police you really 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 closely rather than okay you can have a legal jurisdiction and do your own thing which is what scotland and northern ireland have so is that what i mean on the face of it i mean some you know, AMs have said this is a you know this gives Wales significant powers and things like that, and there's that you know there's a good side of it. You know, they say it's given us powers of a very income tax, fracking, energy. But obviously, as I said before, Plaid in particular said that it actually represents a rolling back of powers. And so is that is that what they when they mean the the powers of actually is taking powers away from Wales. Does that refer to the, the extent, how extensive the reservation list is and the lack of a Welsh legal jurisdiction? So, in terms of rolling back powers, I mentioned to you the Supreme Court judgment on agricultural wages yeah. um, five, ten minutes ago. And I, what I said is, like, what you had there was you had conferred powers model where it's like you can do these things. And yeah. You went to look in Schedule 7 and it was a horror, but you could try and work out what was there. And then it was silent about lots of other things. Okay. But And Whitehall's assumption had been that if the legislation was silent about it, it was theirs. Okay? Yeah, okay. And what this piece of legislation says, if, if the 2006, if Schedule 7 of the 2006 didn't mention something, it was ours. Right. So they've reserved all of that. So what happened in that court case was the Supreme Court says, well, actually, agriculture involves how you treat the people who work in the industry. Yeah. yeah. Now, all of that stuff is hardcore reserved. So what Whitehall's tried to do, and has largely succeeded in doing, I think, is say, you know, that creep, that thing which we didn't like in 2006, or, or rather in that agricultural wages case and the way the Supreme Court interpreted the 2006 Act, you're not having that again. Okay, so we're not going to let that happen. So we're just we're having it all, right? And so, you know, it's that's the rollback. Essentially, the rollback is, you know, we are going to nail this down to the bloody floor, so that that you you guys are not going to come and, and you know go in front of the Supreme Court and say, oh, but actually we need we need it to to do what we need to do in our areas of, of competence. So in that sense, it's a rollback. To roll back on the Supreme Court's interpretation of the 2006 Act, yeah, and, so, and, and I think you know when Ply Cymru and indeed the Welsh government say this, you know, when they say there's rollback going on, they're right. Okay, so it is actually there is rollback, but it's it's rolled back largely on the basis of what the Supreme Court okay. said in this, and you know, it's not impossible the Supreme Court might um, change its position uh, over time. So you know that 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 was. Um, Wales was, I think, extremely fortunate that the Supreme, the Lord Chief Justice, uh, Lord Thomas of Cwmgiev, 
you know, when he when he, you know, when he spoke about Welsh devolution in the years before he became Lord Chief Chancellor, he was very supportive of the notion of a Welsh Parliament okay. doing interesting and innovative things. So maybe it's less of a surprise that the Supreme Court, led by yeah. by Lord Thomas of Cwmgiev, was Marley, more expansive. Marley and Seidler. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, in, he certainly he uh, he made, he made. I, I remember hearing him give a speech uh, years ago. Long before he came Lord Chief Justice, and I thought, oh, "What is that?" You know, and he's got a, uh, I think, a Harrow accent, so it's oh, a right. very, it's a very kind of public school accent. But he was saying the most radical things about Welsh devolution imaginable. So yeah, anyway, so it is, there is rollback. There are some powers. Okay, so there, are, there is some. Is there some progress? Oh, there, there is substantial. I mean, I think that the move to reserve powers, in principle, yeah, is a very important step because. I think in principle it is a more stable and sensible way of governing a devolved territory. So I think that, and I think it's probably quite important politically in the context of Brexit, that we move to a reserve powers model, which at least gives the possibility of arguing that the powers that return from Brussels don't go straight to London. Okay. So I think that's quite important. There are some important powers on the Assembly's internal workings, yeah. which I think, you know, so for example, the Assembly will be able to decide on its own voting system, yeah. its own size. I happen to think that income tax devolution without a referendum is, you know, it's it's not not, not stupid. I think it's crazy that you have a yeah. Welsh level of government essentially with no taxation powers. Yeah. I don't think that's a, a credible... You know, there's some stuff around what you know. There's 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 a little bit of stuff around there, which is you know not you know which is worth having definitely. Okay. But there is definitely also rollback going on, and I think that deciding what to do in terms of if if you believe in devolution, deciding what to do on the legislative consent motion, mm. it was a tough call. Okay. You know, it was a tough call. Uh, genuinely a tough call. Um, Applied voted against. I can understand why they did that. The Welsh government, I think, said, "Well, actually, interestingly, uh, Whitehall did a negotiation with Wales on the fiscal framework, which is actually quite a good deal okay. for Wales." So you know, we've been bitching about the Barnet formula for yeah for a long time. So uh, there's now there's now, and it's not part of the Wales bill, but it's no. It was very clearly understood that. That okay. negotiation uh, and the Wales Bill went hand in hand. That yeah. if, if if they turned down the Wales Bill, they wouldn't have got the fiscal framework yeah. deal, and you know that was probably worth having. So I was going to talk to you about that. Well, very briefly, I, mean, I don't think I've ever asked a question about income tax powers or warrants in the answer. But you know, this yeah. is the exception. So I mean, yeah. what is the issue with this income tax powers? I mean, Labour said, as you said, you know, that they wouldn't support the bill and the income tax provisions in it unless, and I quote, there was a fiscal framework. That ensure the funding of a funding of Wales at a fair relative level in terms of need, eliminating the long term underfunding of the Barnet formula. So the Barnet formula has underfunded Wales in the past, and that's the, the claim. Yeah, yeah. Is there any been any truth in that about the Barnet formula? Well, the uh, claim about the Barnet formula is that there are two elements to this. One is how Wales is funded compared to England, yeah. and then the other one is how Wales is funded compared to Scotland. Let's yeah. just ignore all okay. that. And compared to, Northern, to compared to Scotland, we get a really terrible deal, and that you know that's yeah. just that is uh, yeah, and that uh, maintains 
and that will be maintained uh, as the position moving forward because Scotland does rather well for various historical reasons. Yeah. But the argument of the whole Thumb Commission, so the whole Thumb Commission was another product of the One Wales Coalition Government between uh, Labour and Plaid Cymru and basically Plaid had been saying for years Wales is underfunded. Yeah. I think Labour in the Assembly knew that was true, mm. but weren't willing to say this when Labour were in power in London. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So what they did was, we'll have a commission. It's, it's unbelievable. There's just so many. <laughs> and then Jerry Holtham, obviously, who's a you know, really respected uh, figure, led that. It was a small group of people, and they did a great piece of work which showed that Wales, I think it was in 2008, 2009, Wales was underfunded okay. compared to how... Wales would fare if it was treated on the basis of an English region. Yeah. So what they said was basically, let's you know, let's forget about Scotland. Yeah. But if Wales were funded on the same basis as an English region, you know, would we be getting more or less? And they decided that Wales was getting three hundred million a year less than it yeah. should be getting. Which, you know, in the context of a fifteen odd billion annual budget is it's no, not it's not no. you know, it's not that big a sum, but nonetheless it's you know yeah. it's not pocket money either. Though, no. Is it? no, it's not pocket money. But and if we were being funded on the same level as the Scots, it would be you know, it's it's about two billion. So it's a oh, it would be pocket yeah. money. Well that that, that that would be, you know you get you know, that would be serious serious lucre. But so the the Holton Commission said um, you know, Wales didn't fund it. They also said we should move to tax devolution. But at that stage the idea was there would have to be a referendum before you went to income yeah. tax devolution. Okay, I, I was in, I was, <laughs> I was in a minority about one, saying, you know, why do you have a referendum? Um, because we know, you know, basically nobody's ever going to call yeah. a referendum. You know, can you imagine trying to campaign? So it's basically saying that they put a referendum, a caveat in there. Yeah. Knowing that it's not going to happen, then it would never happen. Yeah. yeah. So basically, it's just a strategic but, thing to drop. Well, down. you know, I think there, it was. It was. I mean, I remember. Um, I remember appearing in front of the Silk Commission very early in the celebrations, and they they were talking about the. Um, like like no, 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 yeah, yeah, sorry, but, was, but, but no, but I mean, what I was going to say is, they were talking about income tax devolution. And I said, uh, and they, they said. And they, somebody said there'd have to be a referendum. And I said, no, why would there have to be a referendum? Yeah. Uh, because in, in Scotland at the time, they were just in the process of uh, moving to a system which forced the Scottish government to take tax decisions. Okay, So it seems to me that they were saying, unless Scotland is taking uh, tax decisions, then the Scottish uh, government isn't being held properly accountable by the Scottish Parliament. And you know, if you're going to use the accountability argument... You, surely accountability isn't optional. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to say, well, no, actually, we don't fancy mm. being accountable. It just seemed to be that the logic of the argument kind of got lost. Anyway, so, um, but anyway, the, the, I think it was the Wales Act 2013 was passed, which uh, gave some minor tax powers to Wales and said, we can also have income tax devolution, but only after referendum. Sure. And at the time, that was supported by Labour and the Conservatives, and actually pretty much by everybody except a couple of weird academics who are saying this doesn't make any sense. But um, by the Wales, but by now, they're basically saying, yeah, well, you know, actually, there's n- nobody's ever going to call this uh, referendum. We just just do it. Um, and so that is happening. So that there's, the, the referendum has been taken out. Yeah. So what is, the, I mean, what is the relationship now between, I guess, 
the Barnett formula and income tax powers? Why? Because what's the relationship there? Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, in terms of... Uh, saying we don't give us, basically saying don't give us income tax powers without reforming not, the block. Not the, 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 what, what the Welsh Government in particular was trying to do was trying to... It, it, the, London was keen, and got increasingly keen that income tax powers were devolved, okay? Mm-hmm. And the only card the Welsh Government had in the negotiation was to say, well, actually, you know, we'll only accept this if you'll be willing to negotiate on the Barnett formula. Ah, right. Okay. okay? Because they were saying the argument is... Um, the argument is actually, Jerry Hotham commissions showed that Wales is unfairly treated yeah. uh, under the banner formula. Now, actually, I think you'll be talking to some of my colleagues, maybe Ed um, Poole at some stage, but yeah. some of the research they've done recently suggests that actually we were only one ever underfunded for a year <laughs> compared, compared to England. So, Maybe well, we've been. Ma- ma- well, no, I think it was just. It was just you know when the, it just happened to be coincidental when they were doing the work. Anyway, Wales is no longer underfunded right. compared to English region, and what they managed to do is they managed to write the, the UK government, the Treasury, and this gets uh, incredibly convoluted, and I'm not even going to try without visual aids to explain this. What they've got the Treasury to accept is that the. We're not going to go back to a situation of underfunding. Okay. In fact, we will maintain right. a situation of being funded more generously than England because we're poorer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's not, you know, um, so that 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 is a key principle. And the, the guys, there'll be a, a Wales Government Centre report out on this in the next couple of weeks. And I don't want to kind of you know give away the plot. Yeah, you've got to pre-order. Though. Yeah, yeah, you've got to pre-order. But you know, I think I think I I think I can say that. You know, they've been they've been running all kinds of scenarios, and yeah, and it's it, you know, it's it's a, it's a it's a pretty good deal for Wales. So, are we going to get is Wales going to get more money than it has in previous years? Uh, more money. Well, this is not an era in which government spending is <laughs> so. But we're not we're not. So it's all. I think we're talking about relative. I yeah. Think it's, it's better to think about this in relative terms. So compared to, uh, we're going to be better treated than we would be if we were being treated as an English region, but in no way will we, we be treated as generously as the Scots. So this evolution of varying you know, income tax powers and yeah. things like that and the block grant, a lot has been said about this idea of the evolution of the acts and Davidson or whatever of Scotland is saying more powers have been given or more powers appear to be devolved to mm. Scotland, whilst in real terms they're getting less money. So it's almost like you're going to, the Welsh government and increasingly local governments are going to have to make these horrible decisions about cutting services and things like that. Is there any? Is a Wales yeah. bill or the? No, no. The Wales bill it doesn't really um, move in any serious way okay. in that direction. I mean, one of the things the Welsh government will always say is that when power, when responsibility is devolved, the commensurate budget never. Is never quite, you know, mm. it's never quite what it should be. Yeah, I, you know, I don't really know whether or not. I mean, it sounds plausible, but I, you know, I couldn't, okay. I couldn't uh, tell you. But I think one of the things which is worth saying about about this bill, and I think it does really open a new chapter in the whole constitutional debate in Wales, because the reason that this bill is horribly com- convoluted, and not only has it got an incredibly long list of of uh, 
reservations, but also it's got a, a system of ministerial consents whereby Wales has got to ask permission yeah. from Whitehall ministers to do things in ways that the Scots and the Northern Irish yeah. just don't have to. It's all because justice is not devolved right. and because we don't have a legal jurisdiction in Wales. And so actually... This is the sticking point. Basically. Yeah, and this is the new battleground. And interestingly, um, this is where Labour still remains totally divided. And I don't think that if Labour had been... In, if Owen Smith had been Secretary of State for Wales, I don't think that a, 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 an Owen Smith Wales bill would have been much better than the Alan Cairns right. Wales bill. Because, you know, Labour in Westminster is sticking to the argument that even policing shouldn't be developed. I mean, so what I mean, is their argument for not... And oh, But wait a second, I, yeah. thought, I thought Owen Smith was a, an ardent evolutionist. He, in, <laughs> I, doing his, you know, doing the Labour leadership campaign, I'm, I just can't believe what you're saying. Are you just saying these... He's he's like, he's he's like, like, well, you know, I think what he would say is that he believes in devolution when it makes sense. Oh, okay. And what they would say is that the current England and Wales system has worked well for generations. You know, yeah. that old progressive argument in yeah. favour of not changing anything because it works well. So basically, what they say is that it's worked well. You know, even if it's given as a terrible Wales bill, yeah. it's working really well. And um, interestingly, I think Carwin. Karen Jones, I think he's been humiliated by his own party and all of this because even policing, okay, and you know, policing is an obvious yeah. thing to devolve. It, the Welsh government funds a lot of policing yeah. in Wales. It's related so closely to devolved services. Public supported. The most of the police commissioners seem, to, you know, there's a if you're going to devolve one thing, yeah. But the, I mean, the Labour Party in Westminster doesn't even support devolving. Police, let alone establishing a Welsh jurisdiction, doing something about the crazy prison yeah. service that we have in Wales, etc., etc., etc. So I think this is now what what we're going to see moving forward. I think is that the lines of battle change. So we've now got a reserve powers model. Yes, but it's a mess. Why is it a mess? It's a mess because we don't have a, a devolved justice system, and the way that. Whitehall has interpreted that as basically the England and Wales system. Yeah. It's basically the England yeah, they, system. Yeah. Well, it's basically ours, okay? Yeah. It's not shared, it's ours, and you Welsh reluctantly were allowing you to you know, work around the edges yeah. of it, but it's ours. And, and that's, that's what we've discovered in the last um, couple of years. So if that's going to be the new... I mean, there's a number of issues there. I mean, firstly, there's a relationship between the part, Labour Party and Westminster and the Labour Party in, in the Bay, isn't it? And as yeah. you said, what's the relationship between in the past, Carl and Jones and Owen Smith and things like mm. that. And there's also, is there not the issue, you said it's going to be a new battleground. But the problem is surely once this bill's been passed now, won't it naturally put things to bed for a while? You know, people, well, yeah. You know, it's almost like, you know, yeah. you have to almost wait for a few years before things get much worse and unworkable to yeah. go, all right, well, we'll go back and, and start again. Because, I mean, there's that, who was it? Was it Glyn? No. They, you know, they said they were drawing a line. They, that, that phrase has been thrown around. We're going to draw a line under it, almost yeah. like Cameron said after the Scottish referendum. That's yeah. Scotland's Scotland 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 yeah. I mean, There's, there'll be no repercussions for those people who want, you know, obviously yeah. a, a separate legal system for Wales yeah. and devolution, all that. What is the likelihood going forward mm. of this actually, you know, this actually happening? Yeah. And what is the relationship? You know, what's the relationship now with the Labour Party and? 
in Westminster and they were partying. Well, that's that's a separate podcast. Yeah. But what's yeah. so what? Well, I'm, 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 I'm here for that one. All right. Yeah. 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 So, what's, so what's the um, so what is the the likelihood then of it of it ever moving forward? Uh, well, we, we I mean we started this God knows how long ago talking about I said don't never use the word settlement. Yeah. Okay? And yeah, what, yeah. What, what, thing, yeah. what we have is is the um, the idea that we have you know a, g- a generation is three or four years and what I think is likely to happen is that we'll see more Supreme Court cases. There were I'm, I'm being a real nerd here, but that's what that's why I'm here for. Um, so there were there were two Lords Committee reports on the Wales Bill suggesting that there would be Supreme Court challenges mm. as a result. That there was a really good report out of the Assembly Constitution Committee saying basically the same thing. When you've got a very very long list of reservations, you've got lots of potential kind of areas of friction, you know. Yeah. And where there will be genuine doubts, yeah. you know, even even with the best will in the world, there will be doubts. And actually, if I was the Welsh government, I quite fancy a couple of um, supreme. You know, I I push it a little bit to see where you go. You know, uh, that would be well worth your while. So I think that the limitations of this will be shown up really quite quickly. And I think you know, I I I think that the Welsh government is chafing really at what has happened. And I suspect that they will try and push on. I mean, Carwin suggested as much when the uh, legislative consent motion was passed. He said that we, we're not giving up on justice. Yeah. And so I think what we'll see is a kind of process of developing the argument in Wales. Because most people don't understand that the fact that you're not devolving justice, given how important justice is to the way that government works, yeah, that absolutely. means that you're reserving a whole kind of big, big watch to to uh, to Westminster and and the fact that Whitehall is interpreting the England Wales jurisdiction as basically the England, England jurisdiction, yeah. you know I think this is these things will now become part of the debate. Before the podcast, and this is what I was talking about earlier, I tried to look at find the list of reserved powers, yeah. and I thought, oh how how long is this going to be? And I just kept scrolling and scrolling yeah. and scrolling the Wales, and I printed out and. The list of things that are reserved, as you said, are absolutely massive, aren't they? It's on you know, the section schedule seven A, yeah. whatever. It's just pretty much, pretty much everything. Well, is... when in the first version of the Wales Bill, I think there were two hundred and fifty. Um, they've now uh, they've kind of rewritten it a bit, but it's still it's still incredibly long, and it's it's a kind of mixture of the sublime and the ridiculous. You know, there, there's some really the the one thing which is. One thing which has kind of become symbolic in political circles is that the Home Office was absolutely, uh, you know, Theresa May, etc., was absolutely adamant that there's you couldn't devolve uh, the regulation of pubs and clubs, yeah. and you know, the, as if the future of the UK hangs on that being reserved to Westminster, and they were just not willing to move. There were certain things where they've just not been willing to move at all um, and you, yeah it's an incredibly convoluted list uh, and then you've got this very convoluted system of permissions essentially yeah. from ministers so there's plenty of scope for friction for more Supreme Court cases and for intergovernmental tension so the, all these things which were meant to be eased are basically just moving to a new uh, context but the same problems are there I mean, you said that you know there's going to be a tension within the Labour Party. I mean, the cynic in me, yeah. or you know, I always think that well, the Labour Party campaign in 
the last assembly elections, you know, and part of it was policing, right? Wasn't it? As far as I can remember, but there was a commitment as far. Well, well, it was. It was kind a, of. A kind they, of. They didn't write their manifesto. Did they? Well, like no, it was. A, it was. I mean, this is the thing. You know, you talk. You, know, you you listen to some of the Welsh politicians, Welsh Labour politicians, saying they say we were committed to devolving police. They weren't. Yeah. If you read it, it's a weasel word where they're going to devolve power to produce a plan for policing. But they have to know. They surely know that the MPs are going to veto it. So. I always think that that's a perfect scenario that you can say in Wales, oh well, we you know we've campaigned for the evolution of policing or things like that, knowing full well that you know it's never going to happen because there are people in your own party. Or I mean, that that might just be my own. Well, I, I you know, I maybe I'm slightly less cynical. I think I think what you have, I mean, there's a really interesting literature on uh, one-party dominant systems. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And what that says is basically. In a one-party dominant system, which Wales still is, yeah. arguably, the, the important cleavage or division isn't between parties, it's within the yeah. dominant party. And I think what we have in Wales is a situation where, you know, Carwin is a genuine devolutionist okay. and, he, and he's surrounded by people who are also genuine devolutionists and, they, they are, and some of the things... Which I think he, I think he means what he says when he yeah. makes some of these very radical. And then you've got Welsh MPs who often don't care. You've also got a territorial struggle, and also, and yeah. this is the key thing, maybe, is that you know they're worried about There's reduction, reduction, yeah. and you know as as you know the, the case for Welsh over representation gets ever weaker, um, and so that, that so you know they don't want to see any more powers slip away. It's from a, from them, so but it's a natural self interest. Like, why are they yeah. looking for something that's going to say, well, there's going to be less? Yeah. MPs. But but you know, arguably, we're almost certainly going to get less, and so that will go away. You know, if you know that as it stands, we're likely to see a big reduction in Welsh MPs, and therefore, maybe that tension will go away. But that, that so there you know there is a division. But you know, I suspect that if we do see a reduction of, of, in the number of MPs, that tension will lessen. And also, I think we're going to be looking. There'll be some Welsh Labour MPs. Looking to become assembly members because they'll have lost their yeah. seats will have disappeared. Yeah, so that you know that may change things as well. We're going to wrap up. Thanks so much, Richard. Yeah, you've, awesome. you've explained something that is incredibly sort of you know bewilderingly complicated. Fantastically. Well, I was going to say lastly, sum it up. But what do you think? I mean, it's going to happen. You said what's going to happen if you was down the line. Where does Brexit come into this in terms of the powers that Wales has got now through with this latest bill? Mm-hmm. Is that going to offer Wales like protection if there's a hard Brexit and things like that, or how is this all going to play out? There will be new Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland bills uh, in fairly short order because as they transfer powers from Brussels or return, as the Brexiteers would say, return powers from Brussels, uh, there's the issue of where they go. There's also the issue of those kind of uh, bits of regulation which the UK had left to Europe, yeah. you know, are they going to allow all the devolved territories to do something different and the UK government to do something for England? Or are they going to try and create some kind of common structure? The, the, the thing is, at the moment, we're completely in the dark as to how this will look. You know, on the one hand, Theresa May may say, well, actually, if I push this too hard, Northern Ireland is going to have real problems with yeah. a hard border and there's going to be a Scottish independence referendum and I don't particularly care about Wales but you know um, yeah. um, and so they, she may be conciliatory on the other hand she may say 
sod it, we're in control, mm. this will go down well with my people. Yeah. And actually, the important thing for me is, you know, the backbenches of the Conservative Party and, you know, uh, and they played the England card very strongly in the 2015 general election. So it may well be that um, Theresa May's just say, well, well, we'll see if the Scots actually, you know, yeah. if they man up and vote to leave or we'll just, we'll just carry on and do what we want. So I think, and we're at, there's a kind of fork in the road here. And I, I think, you know, my, my suspicion is that May takes a very, very hard line right. approach. But she could equally say, well, actually, the risk to the future of the UK is such that it's not worth me my while. But we genuinely don't know at the moment. Fascinating. Thanks so much, Richard. Any, yeah, any shout-outs? Uh, <laughs> really. Anybody who's listened this long, I think, deserves a, a shout-out. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to the dude who punched Richard Spencer. Yeah, good lad. Yeah, that was a bit like a shining light on a dark day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's uh, some good good vines or loops or gifts of it, whatever. I hope it does. I hope that turns to a national holiday and then you just all have to run out and punch like a neo-Nazi or alt-right dude. It's pretty good. Shout out to me. Um, shout out to the boys currently in Poland and to Billy who we make, got back with his girlfriend like the day before we went on the lads' holiday and the first order of business was you're not going to pull not going to pull <laughs> so uh, <laughs> fair for making that sacrifice so yeah thanks for having us been bumping us again on online give us a like on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for, finally hit 100 people on Facebook now yeah we're making it slowly so yeah. uh, <laughs> more stuff to come more experts coming on so thank you so much thanks for listening see you soon alright thanks Ta-da. bye bye Excuse me, brothers. The militants turned startled. This is private. How'd you get in here? I walked in. So you wanted them sneaky brothers, huh? Or maybe you an undercover pig. Or maybe you just a federal hitman. If I was, you cats would already be dead. Well, let me speak to the man in charge. Sarcastically, I'm in charge. I don't. If you were in charge, The people might as well surrender to Whitey right now, because your survival skills ain't worth a damn.